1: Girl, I really wanna know, really wanna know If you coming with me, with me, with me It's a place I wanna go, place I wanna go Through the city,
2: through the city,
1: through the city It's a
2: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We are coming to you live from full-service radio inside the Lion Hotel in Washington, D.C. And if this is your first time here, you are now listening to the All The Fly Kids show, where the cool, calm, and connected talk straight, no chaser. I'm your host, Geronimo Nose, urban culture, lifestyle enthusiast, performed blogger turned full-time conversationalist, and got my co-host in the building, Shelby. You already know I am here. And she's got her uh, she-from-D.C., period.
1: Period Shirt on That is it
2: <laughs> That's it, that's all Namaste, D.C. Namaste, D.C. Which, which quadrant? You, you settled on a quadrant yeah, I, I know you were talking about Making a move from one to another Potentially I
1: was talking about it But you know I'm going to stay northeast you going to stay in northeast? Stay in northeast Okay What all up, right. Trinidad?
2: <laughs> okay Maybe I should say stay, Move move from, different, from one neighborhood to another
1: I knew, I knew that was coming, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Well, Either way, how you feeling today? good i'm good um you know the life of an entrepreneur um you, you know you work with me so it's been a stressful week um so hopefully you get a little bit of downtime i gotta drive to new york shout out to uh once again entertainment and uh genuine we got a show tomorrow okay uh in new york salsa confuego in the bronx yeah what up and then um uh, for sisters only on Friday, it's just as, That's on Friday. It's on Friday. Okay. At the anthem. Okay. All yeah. right.
2: Yeah. I, not that I would know either way. Yeah. Well, tell I,
1: tell, tell people um, the name of your two businesses, by the way. So the two businesses, uh, the strategic planning uh, consulting company is Event Solutions DC. You can find that at eventsolutionsdc.com. and then of course the t shirt line Champagne Soul co. That somebody bought the com, so that's fine. It is dot co, <laughs> and um, depending on what these nationals do. We may have some heat for you as soon as we win this game. It's and a it's a nice shirt, so you know the 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 Nats got to win in order for you all to get the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know what, even if they don't, I'm I'm still going to drop it. So new new shirt coming as soon as Soto somebody hits a home run. If we don't, it is what it is. Okay. Never doubt DC. Never doubt DC unless it's the uh the
2: Washington Redskins. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> All right, um, you can find this wherever podcast are heard y'all y'all know that by now. Um, wherever whatever podcast platform that you use to um, listen to podcasts, that's where we are. Make sure that you always rate, comment, and subscribe. Rate, comment, and subscribe. Rate, comment, and subscribe. In no particular order, but just make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe. And. Send us any questions, comments, concerns, issues that you have with all the Fly Kids show, either on our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at All the Fly Kids. You can send via email info at AllTheFlyKids.com, or you can give us a call at area code two zero two seven eight zero six one eight one. I've been getting some phone calls, but uh, I think it's uh, span, uh scam likely. <laughs> I think they scam likely calls, so I haven't been answered. But um, either way, uh, you could, you, those are ways you can get in contact with us, um, and once again, I just want to make sure, send out a quick reminder that this Sunday kicks off, uh, it's the kickoff for uh, DMV Black Restaurant Week, and that's running from this Sunday, November 3rd, all the way through Sunday, November 10th. This is the second year of the event. Uh, big shout out to Andre A.J. Johnson, Ferrara Tate, and Dr. Aaron Tucker. All people I know, and AJ is a um, uh, is a friend of the show. Has uh, been on the podcast um, last year, and so again, DMV, DMV Black Restaurant Week aims to increase the awareness of black-owned restaurants and food service providers by creating an ecosystem to support and sustain the community. So you can visit DMVBRW.com for more information, a full listing of participating restaurants throughout DC, Maryland, and Virginia, and to get tickets for the DMV Black Restaurant Week Education Conference and the RR Bowie Cocktail Competition. All right. So, again, that's DMVBRW.com for all your information there. OK, so we are on. I got to switch stuff around.
1: You want to say something? Can we? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. OK. Um, today has been a, a very sad day for uh, the comedic world. Uh, we need to give a moment of silence to John Witherspoon. Oh yes, John Witherspoon did pass today at age seventy-seven. At age seventy-seven, so he will be be missed dearly uh, on the television screen, on the movie screen. Um, if you want some some true John Witherspoon, just off the top of his head, of course, his scene in Vampire in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That was not a scripted scene. Mm-hmm. That was literally off the top of his head. Okay. And then my favorite winky dinky dog from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to John Woodsco. Thank oh, thank you for always coordinating for us in
2: our error. My, I think my mother or my, my sister, who was some years older than me, took me to the theater to see I'm going to get you, sucker. That, when no child should have
1: been in the theater watching that You movie. don't even understand the comic <laughs> genius behind Robert Towson, behind the Wayans family. Like, you you just, it, 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 you can talk about them, say, oh, they only made, you know, cheap films and everything. But they made them. Mm-hmm. They kept everything in their family. Yes, yes. They worked together with amazing people. We always credit Spike Lee mm-hmm. for doing so much and bringing black and brown people together, you know, on the set to film and everything. And I said, you know, there's. Well, I, I, I think people credit Spike because of
2: his, his his films always had a social justice, correct? Some kind of social narrative leaning, where you know, the Wayne's brothers, Robert Townsend, is always a comedic leaning.
1: But there's so much there. there there's point behind. What, what they're doing. And you got to check out Dolomite. Good God almighty. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I watched that over the weekend. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you be, you're back, brother. Welcome
2: back. I want to see what this stand-up is about. See see what he, what he,
1: what he does with that when he, yeah. when he puts that out. We definitely got to do that. So just shout out to John Witherspoon. So. All
2: right. So this is episode 124. This is 124th studio recording of the podcast, although on... on SoundCloud will ever tell you It's like 130 something Because I've been doing other stuff In these almost three years be three (laughs) years next month That that the podcast has been up and running Yeah Three years
1: next month I'll Um, tell you It's been a little crazy Because my memories on my Facebook Were of a previous podcast I was on mm -hmm. And I just want to delete them all Okay. Well, I don't know
2: if you could do that, but all right. So, I I guess this week is a rather accomplished and busy woman fighting the good fight of food justice across the African diaspora. She's the founder of Native Soul Kitchen, a learning community through which she teaches her taste of African heritage, cooking classes, and challenges families to swap their standard American diet for a traditional African diet. She's also the founder of WANDA, which stands for Women Advancing Nutrition, Dietetics, and Agriculture, uh, Women and Girls Advancing Nutrition. dietetics and agriculture, because you can't forget the little ones either. Um, and this focuses on developing the next generation of women and girls as leaders in nutrition. She's a 2014 National Geographic Traveler of the Year and Food and Nutrition Magazine Nutrition Hero, along with holding co-chair positions um, in the as a health co-chair with the, the NAACP's DC chapter and as a co-chair on the DC Food Policy Council. So I know there's even more roles that she holds uh, but we're going to get into all of that along with um, some upcoming events and just this, this good conversation that I really think that y'all are going to enjoy especially if um, you have any interest in nutrition, spirituality, uh, um, ancestral diets, things like that so family please welcome Tambra Ray Stevenson to the All the Fly Here show
1: whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> she's here she is here she is here Thank
2: you for having me. Thanks for coming in. I, I I appreciate you coming in. Um I appreciate you um following me on Twitter and all my uh <laughs> antics. my my antics and right now I'm on a I'm a little I'm on hiatus. You know, I'll drop a line here and there, but i spend a lot of time on my, following my trending topics now. We but nonetheless
0: need somebody else in hiatus. <laughs> That's The color of
2: orange. Oh, <laughs> oh see, I, I I don't even get any of his tweets unless somebody retweets something he says. But um, yeah. So, how are you feeling today?
0: I'm feeling good. I got my new burgundy African mapped and Ankara shirt in straight from Grassfields in London. So, I'm okay. feeling good. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. It's looking good. That's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like the embroidery and everything. It's real dope.
0: It was worth. Yeah. It, it cost a penny. Yeah.
2: That's all right. <laughs> All right. Support black business. Support black business. Always. All right. So um, you, my friend, are originally from Oklahoma. Yes. Stillwater, Oklahoma.
0: Um, born, well, went to college in Stillwater, a.k.a. Okay. stale water, where the water runs stale. Okay. But born in Oklahoma City, raised okay. in Midwest City.
2: Okay. All right. You an OKC fan?
0: Honestly, it came after me. Okay, we can thank Hurricane Katrina for that. Ah, um, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yep. Um, from chaos comes um, opportunity. So um, it was all about college football, basketball before then. Okay, so, all right. The true then, Friday Night Lights. And then we adopted the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so, God, I'm gonna away. go
1: ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and leave now. <laughs> You're not even feeling the Redskins right I'm now. Not- <laughs> I'm not.
0: <laughs> a <laughs> derogatory name, number one, yeah. and then number two, I have real black cowboys in my family, so I have an affinity to yes. the, for the for cowboys. Yes, for, for the cowboys. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. That's fair. That's, That's fair. <laughs> I, have you been to Dallas?
0: I used to live in Dallas as a kid.
2: Okay, all right, even better. Okay, so you are a legitimate, legitimate Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I can rock with you. I got street creds. And then I went to a college, Oklahoma State, that we were the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Okay,
2: okay. all right, so it's all around you. It's all Yes, embedded. I got the
0: boots and the hat, all that. <laughs> I love it, I
2: love it. Okay, all right, so um, just going to start from the top. So, as I told you before we started that, um, I had watched a couple of uh talks that you, that you had at the Library of Congress and um, in one of the talks you talked about um, how um, as a child you didn't embrace your your womanhood, your heritage or your culture and you know that was a, a survival technique for you. Um, I want you to talk a little bit more about that and how perhaps that, uh, that's something that many black Americans can, can identify with.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think growing in, in the Midwest where you're used to not seeing yourself on TV, so I very much felt the plight of an immigrant mm-hmm. in my own country, um, even though my family's been around for a good six generations plus, as far as we could go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was recognizing that wearing natural hair at a time where trying to fit into respectability, which I didn't know that term at the time, um, was just... To me was Darwinism survival of the fittest um, so if you stood out, you may not um, you may be outed out so mm-hmm. I, even though I grew up um, in a African American Ghanaian immigrant household, I think that helped to anchor me a little bit to have orientation when I reflected later, but I kept all of that internally i didn't externally express that, so for me, it took time um, to uh, heal wounds Mm. therapy helps uh, which is not the same as going to the church. Yes. You need both. (laughs) Um, Preach. And so for me it took um, just lived experience and journey and introspection um, to recognize that understanding your family history matters knowing how far my um, what my family was able to succeed in spite of Mm -hmm. and what Advantages do I have now that I should take advantage of and not perpetuate like generational cycles, and so divination work helped to yes. understand what is my life purpose, mm-hmm. which is the ritual stuff that we should be doing with our children when they hit teen years that we don't. Yes, um, and therefore that helps guide what my purpose is to now know that my life has value, and mm-hmm. I think we lose the context of health from a Western lens because we don't see the connection to your health speaks to providing the provisions for your purpose to continue that path. Right. Um, and therefore I'm not trying to be healthy for health's sakes. I'm healthy because I have, I'm, I'm supposed to do some things mm-hmm. while I'm here and I'm to create. And therefore what are all the different ways can I create beyond just making children as a woman, um, which was kind of like the status symbol of womanhood but also create in terms of art, in terms of writing, creating businesses, creating meals, Um, to heal not only me but family and community Um, and just changing that narrative and image that had been projected in a very derogatory sense and owning that as a sense of like no I'm going to redefine my journey because that's what kept me away because someone else was defining the master narrative and I was not owning how I can recreate that narrative and I think owning the concept that life is a book and every chapter that is written you have the opportunity to rewrite the next chapter is so but that was the lightning bulb for me of recognizing that I can write Mm -hmm. my story I didn't need for others to write it for me anymore Mm -hmm. and the more I showed my vulnerabilities openly publicly giving my life as a testimony um, of the test and the tribulations Help to not only free me but open the door for others to walk through to free themselves to know that it is possible to heal and move forward which is important so when I rethought heaven and hell it was what we live in our minds here on earth mm-hmm. and therefore I can choose to be the walking dead or I can literally be dead but either one is still not thriving in the eyes of my ancestors of what they have been able to put a path for me to do and be
2: well I don't know how you follow up that testimony but <laughs> I, I, I'm just oh um, I'm in awe um okay so so to that point to mm-hmm. that major point mm-hmm. um something else that um you mentioned in 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 your talks was how you know right now you are in a, you're in a. We're in a. We're in a. We're in a time when um, women not holding roles that are completely relegated to the home. Mm-hmm. You know that we're championing that. You know we're championing women. You know kicking ass, taking names, yeah. things like that. Great. But something that you said that you know in 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 these movements that may be, be getting lost is that or be forgotten is that women hold a, women in the kitchen hold a lot of power yes and um, when you spoke when you said that i was like yeah cuz you broke it down you were talking about how um, because you, you women hold the power in the kitchen because you all know everything that's happening you know about all the food that's coming in you're cooking it you're able, you're the one that's preparing the food you know what i mean you're the one you know what's healing and what you're cooking it with that soul we're with that the love.
0: conductors of food as freedom yes i mean no I mean, Harriet is coming out this weekend, Mm -hmm. which I will be there to watch. She is my spirit sister. Um, But yes, it was when I was, I studied nutrition, which was based off a biomedical model that was an extension of medicine. Mm -hmm. You lose a lot in the sauce with that. By looking at food history, which is a whole nother domain that we never tapped into yes not only food history but black women's food history right, and right. understanding what women did to put shards of glass in the foods of their masters as a form of resistance. Mm-hmm. That was powerful. That's a story no one's going to tell you about because that speaks to your way of liberating yourself. Mm -hmm. And I realized deeply that no matter what education I'm getting by day, I have to re-educate myself by night. That is to me what Carter G. was speaking about in the Miseducation of the Negro. Mm -hmm. And so it is understanding this hybridity or duality that we live as hyphenated people here in this country that we have to recognize that there is no one form of education that we must receive we must always see education is a surround sound like, like music like a holistic thing it's multi-sensory mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and everything can teach us and we can learn from something and collect those receipts to pass on to the next generation mm-hmm. to me that's powerful we saw that in the in the braiding of hair mm-hmm. the planting of seeds in that hair from the quilts that was created everything was a way to capture the knowledge and share. And food is another pathway that I'm now exploring to see that. Um, And we'll be having that discussion um, at the Smithsonian Food History Weekend with Dr. Jessica Harris and Dr. Psyche Wilson-Forsen on November 8th in the morning um, around 10.30 a.m. that's free, open to the public. And it's about celebrating women um, as part of the centennial of the women's suffrage and understanding that we have a special opportunity to look at intersectionality issues mm-hmm. that black women in America faced and saving their communities through food. And yes, the liberation during the women's movement was about getting out of the kitchen. But now that we've had a good 30-year generation gap to be able to see what that has looked like when you look at the health issues in our communities the diabetes,
2: um, high blood pressure, all, all of that, renal, oh, as, as, renal failure, as, for God's as, sake. As you, could, as you um, referenced, they're called, they're called non-communicable diseases, yeah, NCDs. NCDs yeah. exactly,
0: which are out-competing, you know, TB, AIDS, and malaria um, around the world, particularly in Africa. And so, we're now outsourcing or exporting our junk food society to the rest of the world that doesn't have the healthcare infrastructure. And so, it's like a, Uh, a trojan horse that is equipped inside with nutricide
2: yes and that
0: to me is problematic in terms of how the African american journey around food and and i have a a real problem with the demonization of soul food because when you assault soul food you assault the soul of black people Mm -hmm. and i think that's an important piece even as blacks who are talking about veganism What kind of vegan foods are we talking about? Because at the end of the day, if we're talking about foods that we're not growing, producing, only consuming, we're still feeding into a capitalistic society that does not have our full uh, uh, minds and money in mind for ourselves and sovereignty issues. And that level of thinking, that holistic perspective is what's being missed in the conversations that's being had as we're talking about We need more uh, healthy black people. Well, based off whose food, right? Right. Mediterranean diet. Last time I checked, Mediterranean, you know, connects to North Africa. Um, And that's a whole nother
2: conversation. Um, (laughs) It's it's it's, always a whole other conversation. You're talking about anything that connects to, connects to the continent.
0: Exactly. I mean, there are structural issues at play, structural racism. Let me just keep it real. That's at play. Um, And, For me, what I was missing from my body of knowledge in in food was understanding how it connects to the structural issues of oppressing black people. And that's taken time to understand, as someone grew up in Bible-thumping land, social conservative country, of how do you create that underground railroad of food and freedom in a way that we can all be these fighters on the front line um, and still live... In society by day.
2: At what point while you were while in, in just your studies and your work in nutrition did you decide, hey, I think I need to go a little deeper to learn just, you know, what the ancestral connection is to, the, to diet, you know, even going as far as um, doing um, an African ancestry DNA test?
0: Yeah, I think the flashpoint for me was my father, my biological father dying. Yeah. I didn't know him growing up. Um, until I was in college already. And it was the two things we shared was food and family history. Um, I went on a path of searching for myself. His life gave, his death gave me life. Mm-hmm. And it was through um, recognizing that I had a lost identity. I only knew half of me, meaning my mom's side, but I didn't know his side. And so okay. go by going into um yoga, actually, um, I did that intensely for two years. It was like asking that question, who am I? -hmm. And that set me on a discovery to figure out who am I? And it also set me on the path to going to Africa because as I was teaching nutrition classes and one class in particular that was highlighted in the post, um, doing the African heritage diet, um, program, we had an embedded journalist and one of the um, students had said, well, we're talking about African heritage foods, but have you been to Africa? And that was a lightning moment of like, you know what? As a teacher, in order for me to pour the knowledge into my students, I have to continue my own evolutionary journey as so you well. you had to go
2: touch the soil. I
0: had to, mm-hmm. and so that meant sacrifices. That meant jobs I had, like, you come back, you won't have nothing. And I knew from the yoga work that I did about understanding soul completion that this was a part of my path. I had to do this to fulfill this check-off box of missionary work Mm -hmm. and by doing that I can't even explain the level of liberation that I felt and if you've noticed any person I love reading bios um, from Ryan um, who helped create um, Black Panther to so many other artists you will notice that Africa was a part of their bio their their journey and it's one of replenishment of the soul that happens a lot of, of creativity that just oozes from your pores um i it's it's one that i cannot explain only one can experience it but it's 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 when someone describes what it means to give birth to a baby mm-hmm. you it's a reborn again of of you mm-hmm. and because of that it was it gave me a proper footing i've traveled a lot of places But there is a special uniqueness when it comes to the energetic vibrational forces that are happening when you're literally a lock and key coming together that just helps to unlock the next mystery door that's waiting for you.
2: And that door that you unlocked through the DNA test that you took led you to where?
0: Northern Nigeria, Takano, which is another layer because most of Nigerians that you'll meet here in the DMV um, and most U.S. will be from the south. Yeah, from the south. Yoruba and Ibo, main main groups. Because uh, of the tensions between north and south, there will always be, well, I can't say always, but on my path I would always have conversations where people would caution me like, no different if you were from the north here in the U.S. and someone asks you, Do you want to go to uh, Alabama or south somewhere? And he's like, Ugh, Little <laughs> reservation. Well, that's how people feel. I was about. one of those
2: people. Yes. I was one of those people okay, until so uh, you understand. Uh, even having just lived in the south, out for me, it was the south. People from the New Orleans say, This ain't the south. I was like, Well, right, this is the south to me. And. Right. Even, even, even being in an urban environment like New Orleans, I, it was still just like, this
1: is really different. It is. <laughs> I went to boarding school in Mississippi.
0: So you understand. So. And people survived. And so I said to myself, well, there's millions of people still surviving, making through the north. What makes me so special in God's eyes that I should be mm-hmm. the one not? to have the experience. Mm -hmm. And so I also felt that that was another moment of test. So not to get biblical, but we know about the three tests that Jesus had. Mm -hmm. And so in that walk in the desert, I realized that every test is a moment of test of how strong is your conviction to get to your purpose. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just said, this is only a test. It's just an illusion. I will manifest there will be people along the way just like the Underground Railroad who will be my conductors to my path of freedom and that's exactly what happened every time I've traveled I've never had any issues because I have a mindset of looking for optimism and it was actually based on a project I did years ago I think the work that you do everything builds upon one another just like building of a pyramid but I had a I love making taglines so one is plant hope that i had created um to engage youth and it was standing for it, helping other people every day while having optimism and perseverance and um, perseverance and enthusiasm on life mm-hmm. and so that ethos was embodied in me as i tried to have hope and have hope on my life and my journey and i took that with me and it made it all the better just like a wrote kipling poem
1: word word yeah. I'm just I'm in awe. I'm okay. in awe. I know because I really wanna, you know, we're we're gonna talk about, you know, mental health, um and you know, our diets and food and you know, culture is so big for me. Mm. Um I don't tell many people that I am adopted. And so when it comes to the food. Mm-hmm. Um, you just and it, told a lot of people that you're adopted. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> That's right. This is a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, where my family originally from, um, you know, my 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 maternal side, mm-hmm. uh, Petersburg from Texas, Petersburg, Virginia, and then, you know, from Texas, we have Native American, we have Hispanic. Um And then when it comes to just, you know, my my adoptive parents Mm -hmm. have a lot from the Midwest. You know, my father, my uncle being from Greenville, North Carolina. So living in a society of access to amazing food. Um, I was not adopted by a family that was struggling. uh, And I was not born into a family that was struggling. And so, when food is introduced um, to a child, I, I'm so many places, and I and I see children still ordering chicken tenders. And this is no diss to anybody out there that orders chicken tenders off of the <laughs> off of the menu. Mm-hmm. But wh- what was your experience growing up with food, and then you know learning about your family and learning about your history, and then experimenting with other food, and then getting other people to take a chance on something that you know is, is just so much better for yourself
0: yeah I would say growing up my experience with food I, I never had a problem with food, which mm-hmm. I recognize the sensitivities that some people do. In terms um, of like
2: allergies and food no intolerance? No,
0: beyond that. <laughs> okay. Literally like, um, meaning they have a relationship with food as a sense of, it's mechanistic. Okay. Therefore, I just eat food just to survive. I don't eat food out of pleasure. Um, I don't eat food out of healing. Um, and some just may not want to eat. So, that gets into a bit of the mental health and disordered eating that we learn about in nutrition um, that sometimes is not fully recognized in the African-American community. Um, So growing up, um, my mom was the main cook um, in the house. She did everything from traditional African-American dishes um, to also Ghanaian dishes. Um, and then also I operated as if I had my own little restaurant, um, called mama's kitchen, even crocheted a little sign and made a menu, um, with my sister as the main customer, um, with whatever my mom made as the special of, of the day Mm -hmm. and everything else would be sandwiches I would make. Um, (laughs) and then from there, I didn't have much of a relationship with, uh, or desire to be in food because of that uh, historical memory, as what we would call it in terms of images of ancient mama, seeing my mama, mm-hmm. um, issues around just uh, agricultural-based slavery. Um, and that's from watching Roots. It's not because of someone had that conversation over, you know, this is what our family did. It actually um, was a matter of learning my actual family history that helped to unravel some of these master narratives that I ingrained in my own memory uh, and identity that uh, is so powerful and why I so encourage people to take time, if you have a family reunion or a holiday event, be that Uh, historian, write those stories of your elders, Mm -hmm. ask those questions to break the narrative that all of us have this monolithic lens on our lives. We do not. Um, Everybody didn't start on a plantation. Um, That was the case that I learned um, for mine. Some were in the house. Maybe it was only one, not a field of 500. And all these things matter Mm -hmm. in how you're treated and what is passed on. So my family, you know, we have land in Oklahoma. We were cowboys. We have livestock. Um, I don't, but that's another issue about how (laughs) women are treated. Uh, We had one who actually did have um, land that had oil that was discovered, and therefore she's living nicely. Um, And we have, you know, so many complex stories within families, and it's so important to, like, tease that out. So it took time for me to have a deeper connection with food. When I moved to D.C. and began working for the government, my I lived in a group house in Bloomingdale, and it felt like a biohazardous kitchen. Oh, that um, sounds like
2: my experience living in so Bloomingdale. So I,
0: no, <laughs> I had no desire to be in that kitchen to cook. I, I mean, have it no was a,
1: comment right It now.
0: was a rare moment. Um, and so I could put on... Um, I could count on one hand how many times I went to the grocery store. It was amazing how I was able to stay the size I was. So I I ate out a lot. If I could be a restaurant critic at that time, you know, and so it was... You, you
2: were a foodie before foodies were cool. You know, exactly.
0: <laughs> and so that has made me this food ambassador when people come and like, I know where to go if you want, you know, the other DC. Um, so anyways... Me becoming a mom actually made a tremendous impact of me cooking more at home, um, making dishes. Even while I was pregnant, actually, that was like the most sacred time in the kitchen for me um, because at that time, food was a way of communicating to the fetus. Mm -hmm. And um, it's both energetic and I thought I, you know, envisioned cooking with my dad's spirit there with me. And so I was just... Nurturing myself, nurturing my baby, nurturing um, my mind, being prepared in this time where it's so vitally important to be, you know, even more healthy, I would say, because of those in utero um, health issues that should be talked about much more that we now talk about maternal child hell is real people We've got to take care of our women and our babies so it's that relationship that had made a stronger connection to food than ever before for me and began experimenting and thinking about what do I want to teach my child uh, children um in terms of their identity food was a great way to do that I started ordering um you know seeds and soil and going to gardens with them um taking them to restaurants um kenyan nigerian ghanaian to experiencing different food because like you are not getting a passport anytime soon um however i can we can travel to ghana through ipo through, right mm-hmm. <laughs> <Or somewhere else>.
1: <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> shout out ipo uptown exactly um, so it down so and that's even just speaks to just also Starting children early so that they don't really important. They don't one they don't grow up afraid to try foods that mm. are not mm-hmm. you know it's commonly true. seen and grow up not being afraid of nature, not yes. being afraid of the land, not being afraid of like you know animals and yeah. insects and things like that. Like my nephew, he just told me he he's considering taking a landscaping job and I was like, well, I think and he's twenty one. I was like, well, that's a great skill to have and also right. I was like, I know this is probably not going to mean much to you now, but black people have been. Disconnected from nature for so long, yes. so many of us are afraid mm-hmm. of it. So yes. this would be a good way for you to get in touch with that, you know. So hopefully, much sooner than later, that will, you know, he'll be like, oh, I remember when, when Uncle G said, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, and also, true. I want—I'm assuming that you being a mother mm-hmm. is what inspired the writing of your children's oh, book. for
0: sure. I dressed... My, my daughter was the prototype. You know, I had... You know, I called him Dr. Foodie. I was dressing her up, thinking through, and, you know, and it was because my son gravitated to being healthy mm-hmm. and the messages and even started growing over the summer on his own volition, um, planting seeds and growing food on the balcony. Wow. And... It was because of my daughter not interested in that, that I said, I need to create a character that could be her positive role model to think of having this healthy relationship. Because I knew that it's her who will maybe, if she chooses to birth a child, um, be that role model, um, and provide the first foods, and maybe think about a career in it. And therefore, it is my duty, given my background, to pour into them that knowledge. And I realized quickly that a lot of blame was happening to parents at the time, when you think about childhood obesity, not recognizing these other social drivers. And it became even more abundant once they started school that the schools play a role, family members playing a role, like, oh, girl, give that girl a little candy. It's okay. Like, but who's going to pay the dental bill? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these are things that that level of consciousness and consequences are never thought of along the cost. Right. um, That is a conversation that needs to be had about we are supposed to be the village um, to help raise the child, Mm -hmm. not create a future where they're plagued with dying before me as time magazine has shared
2: well before i get to the next point that i want to i want to touch mm-hmm. i want to give the name of the book so um the name of the book um under i'm assuming this is gonna be a series of, of, of books
0: yeah i've written the other two i just with this phd program and me <laughs> procrastinating like i was procrastinating before the bg program but yeah. Okay. I got so. two more that are literally illustrated and written and translated that just needs to blow the dust off and okay. get out.
1: I know so. a wonderful um, strategic planning consultant that can help you with oh, that. Oh, yeah. So if you need some assistance, you know, <laughs> yeah. Michelle
2: will, could definitely be of assistance to you through Event DC. Yeah, I'm like cattle herding with me. All right. So Where's Wanda is the name of the book series, and the title of the book that's in front of us is Little Wanda Finds a Cure for Nana.
0: Which people can get at IamWanda.org, and also it will be in the Smithsonian um, American History Museum um, starting next Saturday, November 8th, um, during Food History Weekend at the museum store for those who want signed copies.
2: Can you get the Little Wanda plush doll too?
0: We we are working on that. I was concerned with the whole... Trade tariff issue and our mm-hmm. orange friend that I, yeah, in the toy industry, everyone's concerned about 25% markup and that'll be passed to
2: consumers. So I was just like, <gasps> You don't want to have to charge people $100. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. like,
0: for, well, for, maybe, a maybe, for a doll. Or a plush doll. Should, exactly. And we have a talking version too. So I was like, mm, Maybe All she do not right. need to be talking. Oh, yeah, she teaches you the ABCs of
1: African foods nice. and everything else. Yes. What? As long as it's LMNOP. Yes All together
2: I would have loved to have That talking doll As opposed to the talking Big
1: Bird that I had When I was a kid You know I had a talking I had Alf He talked yeah. I, I didn't have Alf, but I had or, no, what? No, it was Teddy Ruxpin. It yeah, wasn't Alf. Yeah. I wanted a Ted,
2: Teddy Ruxpin. My mother was like, "No, you get this big bird." I'm still like, all right, "All right, ma, I'll get the big bird." Uh, <laughs> the yeah. talking big bird.
0: Exactly. So with the whole Black Doll movement, it was important that we create um toys that also carry an important message right along with food as a form of communication, and it was just like again, How are we communicating that food is a viable field and how are we showing that reflected in our own communities as a global food citizen?
2: What what is your response to African-Americans who um, because, you know, we're now in a time when you have terms like Eidos and FBA, which learning, which is that's that's another topic for another day. I'll get into that. Maybe one day. That's a okay. whole three uh, show. Because <laughs> there's some people who who spearheaded those right. those names who I think they got some some uh, ulterior motives. But anyway, um so um African Americans who one have no interest in Africa. going to the continent <laughs> right. whatsoever. Um, they are screaming about, you know, the liberation and freedom and empowerment of, of black people, of black um, black Americans, American mm-hmm. descendants of slaves, whatever whatever they want to, whatever term they want to use. But you see that Health, like mm-hmm. physical health and, mm-hmm. and nutrition, that's not a part of that conversation. It never is. What, what, what is? What is your response to people who might, you know, you know, throw up their arms like, ah, no, I don't want to do, and I don't eat, and I can you know, and it's just like, well, that goes hand in hand. But yeah, what's, what's your response? To, have you received any backlash?
0: Honestly, I just learned about Eidos on Twitter <laughs> after the Bob Love. Abby Shola episode like popped off and a petition was put out there and I put it on my tweet and it reduced my followers like by at least 10 people I'm like what in the world is popping off <laughs> what did I get into that I didn't was... know <laughs> so I don't even it's like Beyonce and the Beehive I don't know if I want to touch that one but what I can say um, from my own personal experience is that you have to question who benefits from division Mm-hmm. Who yes. benefits from unity mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the work That I'm going to be diving into with my PhD program and looking at that Through food mm-hmm. um, Because someone benefits from social tensions um, And as long as you can stir up problems um, there is, Capitalism Is able to be made from that
2: um, There's no revenue in peace I no, say. No. no,
0: by no <laughs> means um, And so I learned that um, And I'm trying to Find it, And I know those who worked in the government had it, but at the time under Nixon that there was concern about uh, Pan-African unity being a national security threat.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't really deep dive deep to understand what that could mean, but right now there's um, a video you can find on Vox Media um, that's about a community in Wilmington, North Carolina, that had a majority... Um, a majority of black population and they had black government rep- representation just like we did in Oklahoma and any and I didn't realize that all of that links up to democracy once you have enough people who can vote they can change the system mm-hmm. they can change the issues and lives improved those who believe in white supremacy have a problem with that um, that's where the Jim Crow laws and everything comes into. So whether you... It's kind of like the demonization of soul food. I like to talk through food um, if it was a sign language. And so for me, it's kind of like someone doesn't like soul food, um, someone likes soul food. Who benefits from that conversation? Well, if you own the soul food restaurant, you benefit. If you don't, you could care less. So for me, is just follow the money follow the message um but at the end of the day i'm one of i believe god wants us to unify mm-hmm. um the enemy wants us to be divided i don't see the problem even if you don't want to have a relationship yourself personally does that mean you can't have a friend in Africa? You can't travel? Like I, I just really want to explore that. So that means you're not gonna eat the food, you're not gonna talk the language, you're not gonna travel. You, I like know you're people just gonna who, who distance yourself. Nothing to do with yeah.
2: Africa, so that means, nothing to do with the Caribbean. So that
0: means you're just gonna put all your money into Europe, all your money into Asia. Like you really gotta think that through. Like
1: And see that's the thing, I don't, they just, that, they that don't think that that to me
0: is not black consciousness. Yeah. It's not. That doesn't, and so that's why again it serves as a
1: selfish consciousness. You,
0: you know, <laughs> so you have to understand that
2: controversy.
0: Someone benefits from controversy. Someone. It's kind of like, why do we
1: have black
2: Republicans?
1: We will say his name, Kanye West. Okay, so we definitely don't have <laughs> enough time for that. But
2: <laughs> um, all right, so um, I'm gonna read a couple of uh, quotes that from you. Sure. That you, that you provided to Michael Twitty's The Cooking Gene. All right? Um, Which it, is hilarious when people on Facebook
0: say, oh, you should read the book Cooking Gene. And I'm like, did you
1: read did the you
2: book? Because <laughs> you wouldn't know. A lot of people haven't. A lot of people haven't. And I'm still, I'm taking my time with it because um, it's this a lot. Is so much information
1: that it I is. need to take in. It's, but sitting it's on a my, course. It's sitting on my shelf, and I have about three bookmarks mm-hmm. in certain areas that i've got to go back and read okay
2: so quote diabetes and heart disease and hypertension are the chief culprits they're going to in essence bankrupt countries they keep enslavement going they're bankrupting black america right now your heritage foods are your health and your wealth genetics feed into that look look most of the genome sequenced aren't ours so medical advice is based on bodies that don't have our stories When it comes to the way the food is made, produced, processed, prepared, all of that will impact the microflora of your gut. Your gut is your primal brain. All the intelligence of your ancestors is in your gut and genes. Your food and and environment are like fingers on a light switch turning the genes on or off. End quote. So next quote. With the whole notion of Africa rising and Black Lives Matter, the question is, what is it rising to? Once we know our lives matter, what are we going to do with them? From a food perspective, Western food imperialism is a new kind of Trojan horse, all in the name of job creation and development. We're hooked like a fish. Just like the hood, Africa is now being invaded by plastic rice, instant noodles, soft drinks, and fast food chains like KFC and Johnny Rockets and Burger King. People on the continent are being affected by a social desire to relate to anything in the West as the best and at the cost of their own heritage. So when I read those two, among other other ones, (laughs) and then some, there's even more, (laughs) which you can find in chapter 14 of the book. Um, I was like, I thought about one my first time when I went to uh, Trinidad for the first time. Um, My father's Trinidadian, and I finally made the trip there as an adult, which I knew I'd have to. Another story. Um, As an adult. Um, come back home. But I went there. And my first meal off the plane was KFC. Now, mind you, mm. KFC there tastes a hell of a lot better than KFC here, which
1: same <laughs> the, in, same in um
0: they uh, say that for every place. they do
2: it's, they do in Montego yeah. Bay it's not different. but 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 even still it's still KFC it's still KFC it's still still fried chicken among other things and like you don't you can't eat that every day
3: yes has a lot
2: of you know what I mean yes. and um I think about. Even me have started watching all these like Nollywood films and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I feel like I'm just watching black America just in another country. Yep. You know, like everything like Naja style. They're, 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 <laughs> right, Naja style, exactly. Naja style. So, with all of that, I wanted to, um, before we, before we ended, I wanted to get your thoughts on just like foodie culture right now and, um, even just like you go on Instagram, you see these, these food accounts and like, you know, the, the pictures look great, but mm-hmm. the food, you're like, this will kill you in two bites. Like super cheesy this and triple cheeseburgers mm-hmm. and bacon cheese fries and saucing up like extra sauce and all the crab legs. That's and- why they
1: call it food porn. <laughs> what, what is the stuff when they, they, the seafood boil... And people are right there by the uh microphone slurping up and with the butter sauce with the butter sauce and mukbang, something. yeah they
0: made it a thing to like some people have fetish size watching people eat food oh it, so that's why it literally is porn,
1: so oh, the question man. is how much porn should you be consuming it's so <laughs> horrible, it just makes <laughs> crab legs just look oh anyway
2: yes. Yeah, i i i can't i had to um. I unfollow like all the food accounts that I follow just because people started posting this type. It's like there's certain food accounts that I follow that I'm like, okay, this makes sense, but then I go on the explore page and I'm just like, how
1: the hell did these food right. accounts come back into my right. explore feed? I mean, it's like Dante's I still follow Inferno. Tasty. Is it the Tasty oh, food? Tasty I still, Buzzfeed. Yeah, I still follow Tasty. Every once in a while, there's like, oh yeah, I like that, and then the rest is like, nope, can't do it.
0: Yeah, so this gets into digital food studies, which is an area that I'm exploring in my PhD program at American and understanding like the black food culture online Mm -hmm. is a place, an opportunity to research and study and learn how are we expressing ourselves in these ways and what are we communicating to one another um, and to the overall world um because it's it's a we're at a time where that was not able to be done before mm. when you think about the whole access to media traditional media radio tv black representation owning your own narrative Imagery. I mean, we're at a critical time that that hasn't been done. So the question is, what are we doing with those platforms in a way that really is um, empowering? Mm-hmm. Or some will say, well, like I've been told I'm serious too often. Well somebody gotta be serious Absolutely, (laughs) does everything need to be fun pleasure and desire i mean it's kind of hedonistic at some point yeah i mean it's kind of like dante's inferno a little bit the trilogy and so there's an area level called gluttonous like too much of something just is not good for you and so that's what you see displayed on these platforms um and so i don't know i mean obviously there's a responsibility, a moral social responsibility and consciousness that I hope that we take in consideration in that Um, because the reality is it's a David and Goliath battle. The number of nutritionists that are African-American or just black period are very few, like Mm. under 3%, Mm. uh, which is turns into about less than 4,000 in the U S Um, And so this battle of um, nutricide in the community um, is real when we have more people on the side of junk and less people on the side of health. I mean, it's just all the elements that we learn in the church. Um, being displayed out in the form of food. And so the question is, what side of history do we want to be on when we're telling this story um, and writing the lives and how we have lived out our purpose? And it goes back to the top of the conversation about what is your purpose? How is that being expressed through yeah, food? Yeah. How are we uh, transforming our communities? How are we socially reengineering our culture through food? What is the identity, the footprint, if this was an archaeological dig that will be the residue left behind for others to find as a form of artifacts? Um, Because at the end of the day, that level of thinking is what I'm now diving into in the area of humanities that I never had to think about in the sciences, which what makes it so complementary and so important of using both sides of the hemisphere of your brain. And those conversations is why academics are needed why researchers matter scholars is to have that forward-thinking conversation to get people jolted into what is happening on the ground what does need to change in order to live a life worth living
2: you about to make me go back to school so no seriously <laughs> so seriously you about to make me go back to school all right so
0: as my mama say stay in school don't be a fool
2: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell people where they can find. I know you got a, a bunch of events coming up. Most de-
0: oh my god, yes! And I didn't dive into <laughs> all of them. So yes, if you are free this Saturday, come out to Ethnic Eats, a holiday day party spearheaded by our good Wanda woman Amanda Stevenson. Over um, it will be at Martha's Table at two to four p.m. Free, open to the public. Um, we will be having free samples of. Black food entrepreneurs on the scene. I'll be having my Black Love a hibiscus drink, and also we want to bring more awareness of the f- uh, flavored e-cigarette issue that we're looking to stomp out here in D.C. Um, also, U.S. Botanical Gardens um, in on a Wednesday in two weeks. If I'm trying to get the date down for you, but it will be a plant-based soul food cooking demo that's free, open to the community again. That should be on November 13th at 12 p.m., and then we have the Smithsonian Food History Weekend, which is free um, at the American History Museum, Um, and it's an opportunity to listen to people like Jacques Pepin, uh, Jessica Harris again, um, who I'm honored to be on the panel with, with Dr. Psyche Wilson-Forson that Saturday, Um, and then... I'll be going to the Smithsonian Gala where um, Jose Andres will be honored, which will be an awesome treat as well. So there are a lot of things happening this November okay. around
2: food. Which means that's why they need to follow you, so they can go yes. to your website Tamborey. I'm on
0: Tamborey.com. That's Ray with a Y. T A M um, B R A R A Y E. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and I. Try to tweet when possible, but I am also a full-time PhD student, too.
1: So. <laughs> it's all right. It's all
2: it's right. right. It's all right. Well, it was a pleasure. This is a very full conversation. We could keep it going. Definitely could have you back because like, I know there's just so much more to talk about, so much more that people do not know um, with with this, this this subject matter of just nutrition and and food justice and, and ancestral diets and all these different things, so it was a pleasure. Tamper, thank you again. Oh, you're quite amazing. amazing. Thank you
0: for having
2: me. Alright, y'all, that's a wrap. City, city Girl, I
1: really wanna know, really wanna know. If you come and with me, been with me, with me. It's a place I wanna go, place I wanna go. Through the city, through the city, through the city. Uh, it's a little spot I know. to yeah. yeah. yeah.